This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the latest episode of the Alpaca Tribe podcast. You are so welcome. It no longer surprises me, but it continues to amaze me, the way alpacas look at things. They have an amazing eye, not dissimilar to a goat's eye in construction, but looking different because the eye is normally solid black or at least dark brown in colour, unlike a goat's where you can see there's a definite bar, ideally developed for picking up on movement and change. They keep them predator safe. Long distance vision is very good. Close up too. They are attentive and will check out anything new left in their environment. Occasionally, I have stuffed a bag with halters and leads, etc., under a bench, or left it hanging on a fence post while I move them. And as they come past this place where I've stuffed the bag, every one of them checks out and looks and sees, but this wasn't there before. Ears forward, sudden stopping, or dancing past to go past an imagined threat. They really don't miss much. When we have visitors, at some point the girls usually end up in the car park and will surround and give intense attention to the car left in their car park. They sniff the wheels and spend much time on the bonnet and the boot or trunk. Then there's the windows, examined and often licked, though I have no real knowledge of why. Then there are the wing mirrors. They definitely check themselves out in the mirrors and examine the reflections of themselves in the car windows as well as having a good nose into the internal space. I sometimes wonder if they are planning their joyride and are checking if someone has been foolish enough to leave the keys in the ignition when there's an alpaca about. So far they have not torn off the windscreen wipers or aerials and haven't scratched any paintwork, but I always feel a little apprehensive when they start to get so close and crowd round the vehicles. The other windows they like are the windows of the long room. This building on the edge of the car park is on the darker side of the valley, and the sun comes down off the slope, where the stud males enjoy their morning grazing in the warmth of early morning sun. The bank of the hill, when lit up like this, will reflect in the windows, and maybe it looks inviting. The contrast in light does seem to turn the windows into very good mirrors. More alpacas to be investigated, though in reality I'm pretty sure they know it's them and not a room full of other alpacas. They come and have a nose through the glass, and in fact when we have people using the buildings for other things. We do off-site meetings for businesses. When the alpacas come and have a nose into the windows, they're really definitely coming to check what is going on in there. I'm not sure whether you remember 
But Julie Taylor-Brown of Carvian Alpacas in Cornwall shared a lovely story of her putting mirrors up for her alpacas to encourage them to make full use of the milking parlour. Love it so much. Here she is again. Now, I do know something in terms of the history of the of the place where you are, um, which it's just a lovely story. I'd love you to tell it uh, about the 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 ex milking parlour and trying to encourage the alpacas to go in and get far enough <laughs> da- down to the end. <laughs> what, and how, how you achieved that? Oh yeah, that is a funny story. So I. Uh, um... So we work in pens. We find working with alpacas and llamas in small pens is the the easiest and simplest way to do it. And um, I, I we had a big milking parlour, a reasonable size milking parlour that I converted into an alpaca handling facility. So you go in through the main door, and then to the right and to the left are lots of small pens and then right in front of you at the end of it is a big brick wall uh, because on the other side of that is another stable so the alpacas and the llamas they love an escape route if you have an escape route they will walk towards anything and a brick wall does not constitute an escape route so uh, they would go into the first pen on the right side and into the first pen on the left side and then into the second pen on the right side and then into the second pen on the left side and if you're really lucky they would go into the third but there was no way they would go down to the end of that that big barn because there was a big brick wall and no escape route so um i just took a tip from um the american horse barns where uh if you have one horse in a big horse barn you put a mirror up to keep it company and i just thought i wonder if that would work. So I bought a big acrylic mirror, put it on the wall at the end of the of the barn, and they all raced towards it when they saw it. And they still do. They really? never get over the thrill of, you know, admiring themselves in the mirror. I they don't do. know what they're doing, whether they think they're more alpacas or um, really they're alpacas through a window doing yeah. some training work with somebody in Shropshire or maybe Wales. And we took their llamas for a walk around the village. And the person said, you just watch as we go past this house. And it was big picture windows. Yeah. And the llamas looked in it because they could see their reflection. They were like, oh, my goodness, how <laughs> handsome are we? Don't we look good? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. That's lovely. I mentioned that they have good long distance vision. The other day I suddenly noticed the group of alpacas were all suddenly staring up at the hill in unison. Following their line of sight, I could see about a centimetre high on the horizon. There were the neighbours' cows moving from one field to another and just appearing on the horizon and catching the eye of the alpacas. Of course, this amazing sight is not only reserved for daylight hours, they also have excellent night vision. One night a number of months ago, I suddenly found myself awake in the dark. The explanation? An alpaca alarm cry. And there it was again. And again. I quickly dressed and donned my head torch to investigate, since their insistence suggested a definite cause for concern, at least for them. The adult females had bunched up and formed a wedge with the creer protected in the middle. They were all facing the same direction, down towards the fence by the stable. My head torch followed their gaze 
and lit up the eyes of a fox. This was the cause of consternation. There we stood. The classic Mexican standoff. Me shining the torch on the fox. The alpacas all staring directly at the fox. And the fox motionless. Realising we could be there all night, I decided to clap my hands in an attempt to encourage the fox to leave. It did, but it ran across the field towards another fence in front of the protective mums. Right in front of them. Right in front of them. Not very close, but, you know, they could see very clearly it was running in front. So they were after it like a shot. The whole group of them. And the fox only just made it to the fence in time. And luckily managed to get through. Or I think they might have killed it. They rise up and stamp down with their front feet. Amazingly effective. Our dogs have had a fortunate near misses a few times when the dogs have got a bit blasé about being so close to the mums with their career. Of course, their wary nature sometimes gets triggered less appropriately. Regularly, Shonid, she's a, a bay female with the alarming tendencies. Uh, if you know what I mean, she's the one who makes the alarm cries. She would sound the alarm when seeing the little cat from the buildings, like the long room down by the lake. She was a tiny scrap of a thing, looking like a kitten, but definitely fully grown. She was happy to wander into the midst of the alpacas until they showed too much unwanted attention. She could usually escape, but occasionally I had to get involved. If she got cornered, then I would scoop her up and carry her back to safety through the fascinated crowd. A little while back, I had three females all lined up, sounding the alarm, for a rabbit. They all seem to be shouting, You're not from round here, are you? And I'll pack us up and see the rabbit. Oh, and it's gone into long grass. Oh, they're all out now. There's three on the go. We've had rabbits in the valley, but way down the far end, and not near where the alpacas are, until now. When it rains, I tend to wear a hat. The alpacas can act as fashion police and stare at me and this thing on my head. What is that? Strangely, it is particularly the stud males that seem to take offence and get quite frisky and will dance away at the slightest move all the while staring at my apparent faux pas, at least in alpaca circles. Sue, my wife, has also noted their similar confusion when wearing a different coat, or even more strikingly, when someone visiting was wearing Sue's coat, and Megan, our first valley-born, came over to greet Sue, as she usually does, and then suddenly retreated when she realised her mistake. She seemed to have recognised the coat. Quite amazing, really. Sight for alpacas is a particularly developed sense, and you can understand that detecting early and at a distance if there is some threat from a predator is a really useful skill to have. In recent weeks, I've told you how the alpacas stand and stare. This reflection, weighing up and seeming to judge, is a very typical behaviour in camelids generally, but alpacas in particular. 
Have you noticed this? Drop me a line or send a voice message using the button on the website and tell us what your experience has been. I sometimes stand watching the alpacas as they graze or sit during the cud, only to suddenly become aware again that they're also watching me. But don't just take my word for it. Go watch an alpaca. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.